listening to Coco's Tea with I Am The Real Coco. Stuck in traffic. Boss got you tweaking, bending over backwards. Hey, you in school trying to get by. Hey, life make you wanna say fuck the class. Trust me, I feel you're stressing, baby. Ain't nothing real. Don't lose the madness, just relax while Coco get it cracking. From ATL out to California, don't trip, go take a moment. Just listen to Coco, she keep the speaker blasting. Coco be going Back with another episode of Coco's Tea, episode 97, y'all. And I am gonna get straight to the tea, all right? I have a special guest in the studio, one of my longtime friends coming from Tuskegee University. He's a medical student, so he's gonna be giving y'all straight facts today, not gonna be giving y'all that, uh, the, all that rent and the raven that I usually do <laughs> that comes with some facts and some opinions. It's going to be straight facts today. Zachary White is in the studio, and he's going to be giving us all the tea on the coronavirus and how we can protect ourselves, the myths, um, the facts around how how it's getting cured and how you can get testing. All the information that you want to know, you're going to learn right here on the Coco Tea Podcast. So thank you for coming, Zach. Thank you so much for having me, Cody. Like, it's such a... a honor I feel like to be on your show you're so sweet you know I've known Cody since Tuskegee and um, I remember when she first started Coco's Tea and it was all a dream then but now you've really you know made it into fruition now so I I appreciate that thank you thank you thank you and you've been talking about being on the show for a while I have I'm I'm, that's why I'm just so excited like y'all you close to 100 episodes like yeah Head on the back. Thank like, you. That is amazing. That's I appreciate really that. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you um, taking out the time of your day to speak with my folks about the coronavirus. Um, I couldn't think of a, a better person to have on the show than you. And actually, you are in town because you go to USA, right, University right, of right. South Alabama, yeah. and you guys have been dismissed for basically, what, the rest of the semester? Yeah. So I'm a third-year medical student um, at University of South Alabama College of Medicine. Um, we just found out the news maybe like... Earlier this week that we'll be out for the next four weeks and um, we'll be transitioning instead from being in in the hospital, we'll be doing more online learning. Okay, so let's just get right into it. What's going on? We everybody knows the coronavirus. Obviously, all the countries on uh, the eastern side of the world were affected before us. So it's starting to come into the U.S. and it's growing every day. Mm -hmm. Um, Give us some more insight as to like what's going on and what can we expect yeah, so right now, coronavirus has spread to all 50 states in the United States right now. Um, for those that don't know what exactly coronavirus is, it's a, um, a mutant virus. We usually see coronavirus, um, uh, a basic coronavirus is also known as the common cold. But this is a mutated form of that. Mm-hmm. And so with this, we're seeing really, really bad um, numbers with it as far as the death rates. Okay. Um, so it originally started over in Wuhan, China, mm-hmm. um, and 
exponentially spread over there and had a lot of deaths from it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the symptoms that you usually see from it um, include fever, a dry cough, as well as uh, difficulties breathing, so shortness right. of breath. So, so let me ask you a quick question for us non-medical students. Right. <laughs> when you say a mutated form of the virus, what does that mean? Right. So that means that it's, um, it basically kind of changed. So originally, this is also known as uh, SARS-CoV-2. So it's a different variant of the SARS virus that we mm. saw in China in 2002, 2003. Okay. Um, but this particular form um, is usually found in mammals. And I think some people from China think that it came from some bats and um, spread to another type of animal that which then spread to humans. But and how it, would we have gotten it? Would it have been something that we ate? Well, no, it's just being in contact with uh, that particular animal. Okay. So... Partic- uh, a particular person was in a contact with that animal. And in humans, it actually causes respiratory diseases. Mm. And so with this particular form, very, very deadly in a certain subset of populations. And, and I really want to iterate a really mild subset because 80% of the people that actually get coronavirus usually get the mild form of it. Okay. But those that are in those high-risk um, groups, such as those over the age of 60 those that have other pre-existing conditions such as diabetes, heart disease, um, or immunocompromised patients that are going through cancer and taking chemotherapy, those are the ones that we're seeing the um, worst outcomes with. But you mentioned um, people who, the the 80% who have mild forms Mm -hmm. of that. What does that look like? Yeah, so the mild forms are those symptoms that I just talked about. So coughing, a dry cough, um, a fever, as well as shortness of breath. So are those people, can that 80% go home and treat themselves? Yeah. They just need to isolate themselves. Right. So okay. that's the ba- biggest thing that, you know, health officials really want people to do. If you do have those symptoms, we want you to stay at home. And as soon as you get those symptoms, call your primary care provider mm-hmm. and let them know, this is what I have going on. They'll give you the next steps um, to see what you need to do. Because I think that's the reason why we're really limited in our testing right now. We don't have that many tests. Um, we're still in the process of distributing all throughout the country. But we generally recommend, the CDC is recommended that only those that have those symptoms are the ones that need to get tested. Okay. And reserve those, the people that are asymptomatic, asympt- you know, just still practice that social distancing as We'll okay. Talk about. So let's talk about the testing, mm-hmm. um, because here locally in Birmingham, um, for those who are here in the area, you guys know that there was a larger testing center at the Grant Mill location of Church of the Highlands. Right. And yesterday they had to turn away a lot of people because I think they said they had over a thousand people in line, but they yeah. only had 500 tests. Right. And today um, I think the line opened meaning that people could start getting in line at 6 a.m. And as soon as they opened up the line, there was already hundreds of cars, but the testing didn't even begin until 9 a.m. So obviously there's a shortage of tests Mm -hmm. that are available for people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know you wouldn't know this, but can we assume that a lot of those people who are trying to get tests don't have those symptoms or yeah, and that's hard or to people tell. just trying to be proactive and in, in knowing if they even need to practice social distancing mm-hmm. or, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people are kind of overreacting, but yeah. I mean, we can get more into that later. So the tests. Yeah. Yeah. So you're exactly right. I feel like a lot of people just want to know, like, do have I been exposed to this virus? 
that I've seen on the news, seeing that, you know, the mortality rate is about 3%, slightly higher than the seasonal uh, flu. Mm-hmm. Um, so it scares. I'm, I'm, I'm quite sure it's causing a lot of anxiety um, to everybody. Mm-hmm. And so um, what people do need to know is that you only really need to get those tests if you have those symptoms. Okay. And so um, stay in touch with your primary care provider and let them know, you know, you want to tell them about the symptoms that you have going on. We also have to balance now. I'm sure a lot of y'all have seen all the pollen is out there right yeah. now. Yeah. So we have to balance, you know, is this uh, allergies, allergies. Mm-hmm. versus is this coronavirus? Mm-hmm. Or a common cold. Or a common cold. Because that, that's common when seasons are transitioning as well. So just last week it was wet and cold. This week it's a pretty warm. So you may be experiencing a cold right now. Right. And that, and that one key distinguisher between the common cold allergies and coronavirus is that coronavirus has that fever. So if you do have that fever, that is something that is suspect for us as the healthcare providers to say, hey, we may need to get you tested. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. We have a question right here. Yeah. How are people with auto- autoimmune problems more prone or more acceptable to worse complications? Right, right. So those autoimmune problems causes um, your body to decrease um, the amount of white blood cells and how you're able to fight off infections. And so in people that um, have HIV and AIDS... I was going to say HIV. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, people that are experiencing cancer right now take uh, chemotherapy. That's mm. going to suppress your immune system. Mm. Um, people that have uh, lupus or rheumatoid arthritis that are taking some type of steroids to taper down their um, immune system, those are the ones that are going to be most at risk of getting certain infections. And so we really like to reserve our tests also to those people in those populations Mm -hmm. that are at risk and um, most likely to get those complications. Those pre-existing conditions. Right, right. And so let me just break down. So if if they are in that uh, high-risk category, there is potential for the the virus not only to have fever, cough, and shortness of breath, but it can um, ultimately result into you having uh, pneumonia, and mm-hmm. also a condition called ARDS, acute respiratory um, distress syndrome. Okay. And so that basically, you have so much inflammation going on in your lungs, it's going to cause an increased amount of fluid. That's going to cause you to have decreased amount of oxygen going to your blood. You won't be able to bring in that oxygen because you have so much fluid. And that's what's causing a lot of people to die from it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I, I think... I want to kind of get into the myths, but I also want to make a statement before getting into like the myths of it all. Because like you said, a lot of people are kind of freaking out right now. Mm-hmm. We've seen it on social media. We've seen it with the number of people who are lining up to, to get tested. We've seen it at the grocery stores, people buying excess stuff because I think that they feel like they, uh, you know, we haven't been required to be quarantined. Right. Like you said, we've just been advised to do a lot of social distancing. So let's get into the myths of right this virus and what's true, what's not true. What have you heard that people are saying that's not necessarily true? Right. All of that. Yeah. So I think one of the biggest thing, especially um, people I've I've interacted with is saying that, you know, black people can't get (laughs) coronavirus. (laughs) That is absolutely false. Okay. So we have to be just as vigilant. We have to be just as protective. We have to wash our hands We have to make sure that we don't touch our face. We have to practice that social distancing, which means about six feet um, minimum 
of people that do have some type of symptoms, we have to continue to practice that even as as blacks. Um, it doesn't exclude any race according to any research that we've seen. I know that's now. Uh, let me say this. Yeah, you know, I'm being lighthearted here. Okay. So we know that um, the YTs uh, are known for being a little bit more. Um, Bacteria prone. I'm putting that nicely because okay. they don't really, you know, they're not known for washing their hands frequently. But as I've watched the number of cases happen, particularly in the state of Alabama, I'm looking at the counties, right? And there, I haven't seen any black belt counties mm-hmm. have any viruses. Now, on one hand, I was thinking, look, black people can't get it. But on the other hand of that, you know, those, those black belt counties are also known for not having the most resources. Mm-hmm. And so I'm concerned, well, are they not getting tested? Are they not able to go and check on themselves? Because there probably is somebody there that is really sick and needs to see if I have coronavirus, but they're not able to see um, if they actually have it because of the lack of resources in that area. Right. So, I, you know, I, is it is yeah. that possibly what it is that right. a lot of black people who are in primarily rural black communities with the lack of resources, you know, in the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of rural Alabama hospitals close. I think that's kind of been the trend across the country. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my concern for my people is like, are they not having the proper resources? Because the most um, cases have been here in Birmingham, really the Jefferson County area, but this is where people have the most resources. We're in a metropolitan area. Yeah. So, I mean... So, yeah, two things. First, you know, you have to think about how the virus is spread. And in those particular areas like the Black Belt, more rural areas, is less population True. density. True. Mm-hmm. And so, generally, we see that in rural areas, whether Black, White, um, wherever, you're generally going to have a less amount of spread due to less patient contact. And that's why we're, like keep saying, emphasis, emphasizing that social distancing. Right. Two, it can also be that what you propose, where we don't, don't have that high amount of resources in um, those black belt regions. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's what we see just across the United States right now is that um, we have a set amount, we have about, I, I'm, don't quote me, but I think it's about 4,000 cases nationwide. But those numbers are going to go up as as the more we test people. Mm-hmm. And so right. the more we test people, the more the numbers are going to increase. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be possible um, in the rural areas as well. But we generally think that, you know, in those rural areas, there's less population density, which is counteracting what the virus can do. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Right. Um, let's see. Do we have any more comments? Okay. We do have a lot of comments. Let's see. Are there any simple tests or things that we can do that might indicate that we have the virus at home? Yeah. So basically for that is just checking your symptoms. Do you have a fever? Checking, you know, maybe you can get a thermometer. And if you're feeling warm, um, if you do have a cough, like I said, definitely call your primary care provider and let them know so you can distinguish um, what's corona and what's not. Mm-hmm. And um, those are the big highlights that you can do to kind of see at home. You know, I'm sure a lot of people don't really want to go out into the emergency room um, to get checked because that's a potential um, way that you can get exposed by being around other sick people. So my advice is to call your doctor, let them know, and, and then go from there. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Sounds like good advice. Um, another question is, is it true that once you get the virus and are well again, that you are now immune to the virus? So that's what the research is kind of showing right now, is that once you do um, get over the virus, the virus um, could last about one to two weeks in those mild symptoms in 80% of the patients. Um, and so, yes, after that, your body has built up immune uh, cells such as antibodies so that once you do experience it again, you are able to kind of combat it much better than before the first time you saw it. Can you still spread it to other people after you've recovered from the virus? Um, I don't think so. I, 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 once you are outside of, once your body has recovered from that. So basically, we have patients, though, that before um, they do get those symptoms, they're in that incubation period. So the incubation period is the time between once you contract the virus and once you do get symptoms. And the incubation period for the virus is 2 to 14 days. So between 2 to 14 days, we can see patients walking around with no symptoms, yet they're still able to spread the virus. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one thing that we have to kind of watch out for as well because some people are not having symptoms, but yet they can spread it. But Mm. once you do overcome the virus and your body has fought it off, um, you're no longer um, at risk of right. being contagious. And I think that's something, I'm, I'm glad you said that, because um, I think that it, I've seen a lot of this happen, or a lot of people saying this on social media in particular, that they are blaming millennials for basically spreading it because we think that we can't get it because we are younger, mm-hmm. but yet we're not, we're still going to work. We're still going to the grocery store. We're still going to the bars and hanging out and stuff right. like this. And and that's why this week we're starting to see more cities not necessarily go on a required lockdown, but are restricting people from going to restaurants, closing down schools, closing down work offices, people having to work from home um, because we don't think that we can spread it. But that's absolutely yeah. how this has gotten out of control is because a lot of us have had it and not known it, but been been, been spreading it on to other people right. who have those weaker immune systems or have those pre-existing, pre-existing conditions mm-hmm. and giving it off to people who can't fight it as much as, you know, a, a healthier person could. Yeah. And that's what we definitely want to, you know, advocate to the millennials, to the younger populations Yes, it's more likely that you will contract the milder disease if you do uh, contract it. But you are at risk of spreading it to those family members, those friends that are at that at-risk population that are over 60 that have those pre-existing conditions, and they could possibly get that severe case of coronavirus. So it's best that we, you know, practice good, you know, responsibility, I feel like, mm-hmm. to the public health. Because, you know, just take a, a couple of weeks, stay indoors, um, and that will just really do a, a better job at flattening the curve. And that's the next thing that I want to talk about is that flattening the curve thing. I don't know if you've heard about that. Um, right. We talked about that. Before you get into that, yeah. I have a question that may be a little scary, right? Okay. So we know that there's not a lot of tests that are available out there nationwide. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's going to be part of what you're talking about when you say flattening the curve. Mm-hmm. But they're asking people who, the, the 80% of people who are getting the um, the virus that are showing those symptoms to go get tested to confirm whether or not they have the virus, right? But what about people like you and I who are trying to practice social distancing. We're not really doing that right now. Right. But for the most part, you know, like for me, 
I've been at home pretty much all day. I've been to my cousin's house to do a tutoring session. That's all. I'm going to go to the grocery store, but I'm going to have my gloves on. I've been carrying my hand sanitizer. I've been washing my hands every time I go and go and go home, enter into a building. I sanitize. What if we have the symptoms and don't know it because we don't have any signs of it, but we may be spreading it to the next person? What are we supposed to do? Yeah, and that's the thing. That's what the CDC is saying, that that's why... You know, the government may be looking into, into doing a mandatory um, quarantine mm-hmm. because, you know, we really can't predict who's going to get it next based off of, you know, some people are spreading it and they don't have symptoms. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, some cities have been um, implementing that in order to reduce the spread because we don't want too many people having this virus at the same time. Mm-hmm. Too many people having the virus at the same time will be uh, too much load for the healthcare system, and once that happens, then those patients that really, really need those hospital beds, need those ventilators in order to get their lungs the oxygen that they need, won't have that because it's so many people inside the hospital. Mm-hmm. So that's why the CDC is kind of um, ramping up their recommendation, saying, "Hey, we need people to stay indoors. We need them to stay home." Even if you don't have symptoms, that's why a lot of the schools have closed. A lot of businesses have closed because we want less people um, interacting with, with each other as possible so that you can limit the spread of the disease. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go into your flattening the curve. Let's talk about that. Okay. So, yeah, that was exactly. So, right now, we are growing exponentially in a number of cases with coronavirus. And if we don't do something to stop that, which is the main thing is social distancing, Mm -hmm. keeping people indoors, then that curve is going to go really high and you're going to have a peak where it goes above that threshold where the hospitals can contain it, where hospitals can't no longer um, take care of all these patients at the same time. So the curve is basically we want to keep it at a a lower point. We want to stretch it out so that over a longer period of time, we're able to take care of those patients that need the care that they need, mm. um, that they can get. And um, that will fare better and we'll have a lower mot- mortality rate mm-hmm. here in the United States. Because the last thing that we want to do is look anything like what Italy looks like mm-hmm. right now. Now, for the people who are on our Instagram and Facebook lives, can you draw what that flattening curve is supposed to look like? Because I know right. what it's supposed to look like right. because right. I've, I've read the reports. But can you give them a visual representation of what it ideally is supposed to look like versus what it currently is so that they get an idea of what you're talking about and um, right. and where we ideally really want to be so that we can kind of control the virus from spreading. Yeah, so I got a little quick illustration. I'm not the best artist <laughs> around town, but you can see this high, this dash line is what the hospitals are able to do right now at this moment. But... This high peak right here is the rate we're going if we don't practice good social um, distancing. It'll go exponentially higher than uh, what our hospitals are able to manage. And Mm -hmm. so with that, you have a lot of people dying, unfortunately, in this Mm -hmm. particular range. Yet with the social distancing, we have, for although it's a longer period of time, we have less people um, affected by it, but our hospitals are able to manage that. And so that is going to fare better as far as long-term survival for the patients. So that's what we want. We want 
what may be a bit uncomfortable for us in terms of socializing and it's going to be uncomfortable for the economy because we're already starting to see effects of how um, see how it is affecting our economy but essentially we want the virus to last longer so that we can manage the cases and it doesn't spread as fast versus it all coming at one time and we're not being able to manage it and then there's a lo- a longer term effect years down the road versus us being able to manage it and there being shorter impacts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess, you know, now the government is talking about giving a stimulus package to try to help help out with the economy. What do you plan on doing with your possible thousand dollars that President Trump <laughs> a little thousand dollars um, ready to dish out to you? Putting it in the savings. Okay. Because I you know, um I've been unemployed since December. Okay. And so you know, I, I had a couple of job interviews this week that have been canceled. So right now it's looking like I'm going to be unemployed even longer because of this. Mm-hmm. And so that little stimulus check is going to help me pay my rent. Yeah. Literally, yeah. that's what it's going to be. Yeah. One other thing that we didn't talk about that I do want to get to is treatments. Okay. Um, because they're saying there's really no cure for this. Mm-hmm. So if you do, if, if things do get really bad for somebody and they're having to go to the hospital, what's... I guess the purpose of going to a hospital versus being at home. Well, I guess those ventilators. Yeah, yeah. Because I forget it it does affect your breathing and your respiratory system. Okay. So that's the the biggest treatment that we have right now for the condition is what's known as supportive care. So that involves giving patients fluids, giving them oxygen, and then placing them on ventilators if they do have those severe respiratory symptoms. But those people that are having those mouth symptoms that are at home, my best advice is to just stay hydrated. Stay indoors. Make sure you have a room to yourself so that you don't spread it to others in the house. Um, have your own bathroom. Continue to Lysol surfaces. Um, wash your hands regularly so that you don't spread it. But, yeah, for those that are still at home, you just continue to stay hydrated. You'll pass over it. But those in the hospital, though, um, really do need that attention. Um, and then, you know, that ventilator is really, really life-saving. And that's... One of the things that I think the government is trying to figure out is how can we get more ventilators to these hospitals so in case we do get that peak, right? like I talked about. Right. So wh- where are we right now on this flattening curve? Mm-hmm. If you could kind of tell us where do you think we're at right now? Yeah. So from what I've heard so far um, in my research is that we are, if we continue to do nothing, we are closer toward like right here and we're coming up. Okay. And so that's but, scary. Yeah, it is scary. And that's why I feel like the 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 measures that the government is kind of taking are kind of necessary. Like, you know, at first No, they're very necessary. Right. They've been very slow at responding. Right. Donald Trump's dumbass, unfortunately, is the president. And so this is what happens when you vote a dumbass in office. You get slow responses and people are not able to handle the situation properly. We're having to sit here and wait until shit gets really, really bad before we can contain it or even try to manage it. Yeah, yeah. And but and I think, you know, too, um, this has affected the whole world. The whole Nobody world. Nobody has really gotten a, a good sense of how to manage this. Um, Italy, for sure, is one of the worst situations that we don't want. So, you know, I'm glad that we do have... Um, you know, leaders over at the CDC that are kind of trying to uh, ramp this down and give us some ways that we can um, flatten that curve, as I talked about, and 
really get uh, get us back to a point where we have a normal life mm-hmm. um, because this is our new normal right now. We're yeah. having to, you know, hunker down and quarantine, and this is um, very different for a lot of a lot of people. Right. Very different. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, I guess. I mean, what are some tips and and what we can do moving forward? Because mm-hmm. right now, I guess continuing the social distancing, mm-hmm. um, staying at home as much as possible. Yeah. What else? So continue to, like I said, continue to practice that good hand hygiene using those alcohol-based um, hand sanitizers. If you don't have hand sanitizer, go straight to the sink. Um, use uh, soap and wash your hands for about twenty seconds. People have. Kind of talked about some songs they sing for yeah. twenty seconds. I guess Happy Birthday and my birthday coming up in a few weeks yeah, from now, yeah. so I guess I can sing that to myself until then. <laughs> but yeah, just keep continue to practice that good hand hygiene. If you do have symptoms, call your doctor. Um, but other than that, just stay aware. And you know, unfortunately, you know, anxiety and fear has kind of spread faster than the disease itself, mm. and. We have to know that, you know, we really have to trust in the one who made us. God. That's right. Absolutely. And we really have to be um, assured that everything is going to be okay. Yeah. Everything is going to be okay. Absolutely. I agree. Right. Anything else that you want to leave off with us, future Dr. White? So, yeah, continue to stay aware. Continue to, you know, stay. This is a time for us to um, really, uh, and we got another question here. You want to? Yeah. Uh, what are some other practices can help? What are some other practices health profession professionals do besides standard precautions of washing our hands, disinfecting, et cetera? Right, right, right. So because you're in that field. Right, right. And we have to stay protected because a lot of the people that are taking care of these, a lot of the providers taking care of the coronavirus patients are sometimes getting it. Um, but we do have to have that protective gear. Um Sometimes we have to wear our N95 masks in order to go into the room. Don't touch your face. Wearing gloves is appropriate. Um, but all those things, you have to make those precautionary um, measures in order to prevent that spread. But, you know, I just want to leave, you know, the viewers, uh, please don't be discouraged. I know this is very scary for a lot of you, but um, I promise and I know that, you know, we are going to get through this yeah. if we... You know, do what we're supposed to do and do those protective measures and we'll be fine at the end of the day. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming onto the show, Zach. Do you want, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are very impressed with how you have articulated this whole situation and it probably brought a little bit of calm amongst the craziness. So tell people where they can find you for more yeah. Uh, tips about the coronavirus or just wanting to follow you as a med student. Right, right, right. So you can look me up on Facebook. My name is Zachary White the second. You can find me on Instagram, Zach underscore underscore attack underscore underscore. And feel free to message me any questions that you have. I'm happy to answer any questions. I'll be in town um, and I'll still be doing my uh, medical education, but I'll definitely take time to answer those questions. And if I don't have the answer for you, I will definitely reach out to find out where we can find the answers for you. 
That's what's up. And maybe we'll have to do a part two. We're going to see how this all plays out. Absolutely. Um, I definitely want to keep my folks informed. So everybody on Facebook and Instagram live. Thank you guys for tuning in. My people in the podcast land, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure that you subscribe and let your family know. Let your folks know about the Coco's Tea Podcast. You can find us anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, anywhere you listen to podcasts, Coco's Tea is there. And thank you so much for listening. Hey, man, it was rocking, man. I like that.